Fulfillment shows up after a solution is earned. Anything worth having first requires both effort and sacrifice. No matter who you are or what you do, whether you're a single mom or a CEO, the common denominator is this, that we all have a seven-day hustle. They don't all look the same, but they're there regardless of our situation. Here's the thing. Struggle shouldn't always produce more struggle. If done right, it should result in a dance. What we do throughout these seven days reflects directly on our progress forward. You mean tell me no <laughs> if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, people throwing shade in your direction. Heavyweight champ of the world right here, bitch. <laughs> Signing me up, motherfucker. Yeah, dude. I was, I was a fucking kid. Fuck motherfuckers. <laughs> I've gotten good at it, man. And I've had it come from literally every single direction you could possibly have it come from. Yeah. So something I'm very callous to anymore. But yeah, obviously, feel free to ask why. Well, no, it was just because, you know, whatever happened semi-recently with you know just dude calling you out on facebook yeah you know and like when i saw it it was just you could tell the such i could tell the situation yeah okay i could tell somebody was frustrated he decided to throw shade on facebook because he couldn't address you individually that's generally where it comes from but the thing is is like Everybody that doesn't know what's going on and has a small enough mindset to not realize that there's two sides to every story, exactly, they just get sucked into the drama, exactly. And it's like they people want to be on a bandwagon, exactly. And so, most people don't have shit going on, yeah, in the nicest way I mean it. So, they like anytime something like this is, it's like they're getting like involved in something, if you right, right. And so, you know, you handled it very respectfully, you know, because A, I I knew it was a a concern because you reached out to me and was like, hey, like, this is what's going on. For sure. Like, you know. Because it's a a scary accusation. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Like, is this person who they always claim to be or are they someone that just goes around and fucks people over type thing? Right. Right. But it is what it is. Like shit happens if you look at the way i have to look at it and like don't get me wrong like shit about it's still tough like mm-hmm. not, not not right now everything's good now but mm-hmm. like when that shit happens it's still tough but it's because anything you like meet up to it's a lot harder than what you faced before mm-hmm. because you haven't faced it yet mm-hmm. but the way i had to look at it is like look at uh like grant cardone mm-hmm. or andy frisella these people like that are big names I challenge you to find 100% of people that like them. Mm-hmm. There's people that say just God awful, nasty things. I've seen these guys' names written just like crazy fucking mm-hmm. slander articles and newspapers, like national newspapers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, like when people come off as attacking, it's, it's fucking rough, especially the first time you ever have to deal with it, especially coming from an ex people pleaser mm-hmm. who like really wanted everybody to really like me. Mm-hmm. But like when I seen the post the guy made, I was like, is what it is, man. Like, I fucking texted him. I communicated with him. I told him everything. Told him we were on board, this and that. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. 
and everything will be resolved. Everything's going to work out because it always does, but it's all it takes to work through shit. Right. So it's tough, but yeah, I mean, even outside of that, I've had so many times in my life where people fucking throw shade at me just for being me. Mm-hmm. My entire life, I've had nothing but everybody, my family, my parents, my friends, like friends, mm-hmm. people close to me, they would tell me, you're a cocky asshole. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck do you think you are to go do shit like you want to go do? Who's like this and that? Mm-hmm. People like fucking throw shit at you. Like, dude, I'm out here working my ass off doing me. Shit happens. Mm-hmm. Sorry if like other people like might fucking be affected by it. Obviously, I never intend for anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like as long as like shit's gonna happen, but you work through it in the right way and everybody gets through it. Everybody's always better on the other side of it. And so you have to be under both parties have to be understanding for sure. You know, so for one, it's a matter of like, all right, I can't lose. I can't lose sight of the right and the wrong in my realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and I can't lose sight and question myself that like, am I in the wrong? Am I in the right? I, I think there's a, a certain level of, you kind of double check. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, well, and you should. Yeah. Because if you don't question yourself, then you never know. You can't always be in the right in your own mind. Right. You have to pull yourself aside. And there's one thing I always ask myself. And this is why I know I'm in the right. Okay. Pretty much every time. I started this when I was a kid. I asked myself, am I the idiot? Mm. Every scenario, am I the fucking idiot? Because I would always come in like... <clears throat> One thing that's become very relevant to me mm-hmm. through healing a lot of past traumas with my parents, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us are byproducts of our parents, mm-hmm. right? So over this past two years, I've healed a lot of traumas with my family, my parents. Mm-hmm. One thing I've realized through them is why people treated me fairly different throughout my life mm-hmm. is because I'm an effective multitasker. Mm-hmm. As weird as that sounds, yep. there's... Two, like literally only 2% of the world's population is a, an effective multitasker. Most people can't think of things outside of one singular thing effectively. Mm-hmm. My mom is the same way. And it was funny because we had this like breakdown moment where like, I was like, I don't know why my fucking friends from when I was a child just treated me like this. They fucking threw me aside and started calling me cocky. And like, they'd say this and like, you guys did this. These people did this. And my like my mom's like, I don't know what the fuck you're like, what you want? It's like I deal with the same shit. And my mm-hmm. dad was like, It's because you guys are multitaskers. We're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck you? She's like, everything seems so simple in your guys' minds. And it's like the way you come across to others mm-hmm. makes them feel like they're morons. He's like, I feel like an idiot around you. Like, I'm not trying to like inflate myself, but like my dad's like says stuff like this. I'm like, I guess it makes sense. Like, not that I ever intend, like, to, like, make other people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And not that I ever, like, ever even realized that about myself. But it's, like, at this moment, like, I'm sitting here thinking about this, but I'm also thinking about something over there. I'm thinking about somebody I have to text back in 15 minutes. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. somebody I want to go see in 30 minutes, somebody I want to go do this. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing I have to do tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. I have multiple things going on. And so it's been very tough. Because that caused a lot of people to not understand who I was throughout my life. And I didn't understand who I was. And so because of that, I'd be saying, okay, I'm going to have these big dreams. I'm going to do this. And like, I just do things effectively and efficiently mm-hmm. as much as possible. There's learning curves with everything. But anyways, what I mean is like, it comes to a point 
where I still don't even necessarily understand it all, maybe, maybe, but like I get the gist of it just because I've only ever seen it from my point of view and my shoes. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, my, like the, the concept of the whole thing is people have treated me different my entire life. Mm -hmm. And they have like, just like ridiculed me in any way. They've like thrown shade my way. So I've had shit thrown at me my entire life. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was sitting there and I was like, I just want to do it right. I think Mm -hmm. so I became this people pleaser out of it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so that's where like I started just trying to get people to like me because I didn't have people that liked me and I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. It's like, what in the fuck am I doing wrong? I'm trying. And so uh should have written it down. <laughs> but uh um so it's like it's hard because I'm sitting there, I'm trying to please people. I don't completely understand it. And would you say before that? Um before you know, we're, ta- we're talking about multitaskers uh being like hated on and shit like that people, people throwing, people shade, throwing shade in your direction yeah and not understanding the whole they want to jump on a bandwagon yeah um anyways i've had people fucking throw shit at me my entire life mm-hmm. for shit i've like never done mm-hmm. shit throw shade at me for like just being me and stuff like that. So I've had a lot of shit I've had to take from everybody, even since a child. Mm-hmm. So, but in, in my eyes, it's all just been preparation for the levels I had to play at. Because like I was saying, those big players that do big, crazy things, mm-hmm. like they deal with this because there's never anybody that's going to see stuff exactly. There's never an instance where everybody is going to see stuff completely from your point of view. Right. There will always be opposition and people that play the devil's advocate. Right. So, but anyway, it's going back to like me asking myself, am I the idiot? That's what mm-hmm. I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Is I got into this point because I'm sitting here and I'm just operating as a person that I know how to operate at based off of my own instincts, if mm-hmm. you will. And so people would always come to me and be like, you're cocky. You're fucking arrogant. It's like nobody likes you. My, my mom used to tell me that shit, dude. It's like like terrible, like just from everybody around me. And so I got in this instinct of having to ask myself, am I the idiot? And so I had to do this because I would be sitting in the situation as this people-pleasing person. It is killing me inside because I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? It could be my friends. It could be the kids I was at school with. It could be my parents. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. So I had to start asking myself. So I can fix it. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. I love when I'm an idiot. Yeah. If I'm in the wrong, I am the first motherfucker that will raise my hand and say, I'm sorry, this and that. Dude, I will throw you everything. I will tell you fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm sorry, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. Because when I realize I'm the idiot, it is the most beautiful thing in the world. Because if you're the idiot and me and you have a feud, how the fuck am I going to go and tell you that you're the idiot? Mm-hmm. How am I going to go and try and tell you that you need to fix this? How much? If I'm the idiot, guess what? I already realized it and I can fix it. And you can fix and it. And if I can yeah. fix me and I'm the idiot in the scenario, not calling anybody else an idiot, but it's like if I can do that, mm-hmm. the scenario's fixed. Right. How fucking easy is That's that? The how path much, how much more could you want than that, dude? Right. So I got in this routine of asking myself, am I the idiot? Because when you do that, when you truthfully take a step back and observe the whole situation from everybody's point of view, mm-hmm. and again, this helps me as a, a person who can effectively multitask because I can like 
put myself in all these other people's shoes and view the same scenario from all of their point of views. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So no matter what, I always position myself in that area where I am not the idiot. And I have mm-hmm. to be graceful and merciful to others that necessarily aren't in that same scenario. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have to ask myself if I'm the idiot because if you don't, then you very well may be the idiot and right. if you're just causing more trouble right. and drama and destruction in that scenario, then you are excessively the idiot at that point. Well, and I mean, it's, it's, you're either going to come to that realization or you're going to be ignorant to it. Exactly. You know, and, and I'm not saying this just because you've said it, but you know, as you're saying with being a multitasker, like I'm very much that same way. Yeah. Like you've got five different things plus going on in your mind at all times. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it would only make sense that it's generational. And I grew up this way. Um, so my dad told me that came from my grandpa that told my dad. It came, it, this is how it came about. My dad said, I can't do four things at once. And my grandpa said, you're right. You can do five. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so like, that's how I grew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I grew up. It's just pre-programming myself that I can do more than I think that I can and at once. For sure. And A, I think that caused me to learn at a very rapid pace. Um, And and I've got this theory on learning how to learn. Um, But you also, your, your brain fires so fast. And, you know, there's this, there's this, discussion of there's no such thing as multitasking and it's rapidly switching between between tasks yeah okay cool maybe that's what it is maybe not but you you don't have to close one door before you open another yeah you know what i mean like if you walk into a hallway your mind has all of the doors open at once and there's things flowing from one through one room to another and up and down the hallway and you just like that's how your mind operates. Yeah. And you generally think three, four, five steps ahead. Yes. So the move you're making right now is not for the immediate thing. It's for what's about to come up. Yeah. You know, and it's not even so much as that too. Like it is that, but sometimes it's in a much shorter crunch of a scale time than people. Think. Oh, it's, it's so, very, very rapid. Yeah. So it's like, even like right now for this instance right now, like, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you mm-hmm. saying this, but also at the same time, I'm perceiving where you're headed with it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I understand like the point you're trying to make at the end of it mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's like, you're starting to see the end goal. It's like a lot of times I'm able to finish like people's sentences. Mm-hmm. I don't, but it's like, I'm able to finish most people's sentences as they're mm-hmm. talking to me because what, from where they start and their demeanor and everything like that. Yeah. And I'm noticing different cues from here and there and this. I already know what's going on. Okay, I already know. Just like, let me finish it. <laughs> and then you can do it that way. So yeah, right. a lot of times it can happen in a super, super short amount right. of time. Well, and I, because I've had, I think that I've experienced it in a nicer way. But, you know, my good friends have basically pointed out to me a few times. They're like, well, you know, you are kind of cocky. Yeah. But in a nice way to where I realize it as like, oh, you guys have just dealt with that from me for all of these years, <laughs> you know, 
and you've accepted me for that way. Yeah. Um, but you're no, you're letting me know in a nice way, like, yeah, this is kind of how you are. I mean, yeah. it doesn't bother any of us. But you also got to realize too that like a lot of those people, mm-hmm. from what I've learned from my past, mm-hmm. as the people, every single person that called me cocky mm-hmm. was fucking intimidated by me. Mm-hmm. They were fucking jealous of me, or they were intimidated by me. Mm-hmm. And there were people that knew they could see me, and they'd mm-hmm. be like fucking cocky kid you think you're gonna go do that mm-hmm. and it's because they knew they had the same dream in their motherfucking heart mm-hmm. they didn't have the balls to chase it so they look at me and they look at someone it's like how are you to fucking believe you can go do it mm-hmm. i've done more than you and i don't even believe i can do it mm-hmm. so you got to be very very going back to the last podcast yeah it's like you got to be wary of who you're taking advice from. Yes. So there's two things I tell people that piss me off. I don't like, like, so if you come up and say it to me, you're not going to fucking like get under my skin because mm-hmm. people don't have that. But there's two things that do irritate me that mm-hmm. people say. It's the only two things. Number one, I hate when people fucking tell me they're proud. Don't fucking tell oh, me. Oh, really? Oh, I hate it. Don't Why? Just, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. So I can finish this. This one. And the second one is tell me I'm fucking cocky. Now, I'm not going to like backlash or anything. Yep. If you do it, I'll just know you're feeling my fire. No, like now you're feeling it, feeling it more. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going to get a fucking reaction. I'm going to be like, hey, bitch, cocky bunch. This motherfuckers <laughs> check this shit. Let's play it back in a year, motherfucker. Uh-huh. I promise you will eat your own words. But with the proud thing, too, uh, if people tell me they're proud of me, it's like, I've had ups and downs throughout my whole life as anybody who ever does anything, any sort of relevance always does. Mm-hmm. And I had a point where it's been my entire life started. And I'm always very bad at things when I first start, but then I become very good. I write this down. This <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> yes, exactly. bad roller coaster uh and so like i going like going back to my earliest memories of it it's like i got a pokemon game as a kid okay i started playing it sucked my brothers beat my ass at it and all this but i become obsessive with Mm -hmm. anything i do if i am not 157 percent obsessed I will not do it. Mm-hmm. I don't put 1% of effort into it. I don't mm-hmm. care. And so I go in, my brothers were like, I have the older and younger brother. So they were always beating my ass at it. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. A year later, I get fucking like good at it, if mm-hmm. you will. And then I start going crazy with it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm going at it. And then like we go to this one year of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right? We have big ass Thanksgiving where we rent out the whole church and everything. We have like 150 people show up. Mm-hmm. And so we show up. <clears throat> Me and my cousins are there. I'm playing Pokemon on my fucking Game Boy thing. And then we show up and like, hey, you want to play together? It's when we used to plug the cords in between okay. them. And we'd show up and they'd see my fucking roster of Pokemon. It's like, dude, you have three fucking Pokemon that are like level 100, uh-huh. which is like the highest you can go with it. Their highest level one with like fucking 48 and yeah. the rest of them like 30s, right? <laughs> so I'd go on there and I would kill their entire roster with one of my Pokemon. And my fucking mom, they would go crying to their moms. Their moms would go to my mom. My mom would come to me and say, hey, Luke, if you want to play with them, you just can't use all of your good Pokemon. Because I would slaughter them. Like, there would be no chance. I would kill everything. And nobody would want to play with me. Yeah. It's just like, the fuck? So I went from the bottom of the roller coaster to really good. Then 
I got out of video games and I picked up a guitar. So pause. Yeah. Write this down. Just write down the word steps so I don't forget. Steps. Okay. Okay. And then uh so I put down the video games pretty much indefinitely. And then I pick up a guitar mm-hmm. and fucking suck at it. The first time I'm playing, I just grab all six strings and I start strumming it and going down the neck. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it sounds good. <laughs> and I remember like three months in, I figure out how to read tabs. Mm-hmm. And I look up Iron Man because it's my favorite guitar fucking riff at the mm-hmm. moment. And I'm like, dang, dang, dang. And I dropped the guitar on the ground as I was in the fucking kitchen. And I have like photographic fucking memory. So I drop it on the kitchen. I still, <gasps> my mom's office was right next to it. She's like, hey, you played something. I was like, so I started hanging out with the other kids at school that played guitar. Yeah. And they started teaching me tabs and teaching stuff because we couldn't afford guitar lessons. And yeah. I got this guitar because my older brother kind of got everything growing up. Okay. And so he got this guitar, didn't like it, threw it in his closet. And I pulled it out because I was bored one day right. and started playing it. So I started playing with the fucking kids at school that played guitar. And then I get there and I'm God, and immediately my obsession hooks it. Yeah. And I've, I feel like I've always kind of hated myself personally throughout my life because mm-hmm. of my obsession, because it drove me to an extent that caused everybody else to hate me mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I'm hanging out with my friends. They're excited. You know, people need, like, if someone comes up to you about business right now and they're mm-hmm. like, all excited, fresh new entrepreneur makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Now, picture if someone came up to you that's the same age as you, super excited, like, Kyle, I want to open a paving company. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And imagine like a year and a half later, they're fucking 10 times farther than you are. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of people fucking jealous. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and like a year and a half later, we show up and like me and my friends, we have a band at this point. We're playing guitar and like their dads used to teach me stuff on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And now like we'd be playing, I'd be shredding this motherfucker because I would play the motherfucker eight to 12 hours a day like right. after school type right. stuff you put more time into it yeah my parents would have to come at midnight and tell me to stop fucking playing my guitar because they want to go to bed mm-hmm. and so like i just be obsessed with them so anyways really low pokemon really good at pokemon really bad at guitar really good at guitar mm-hmm. and at the bottom they fucking were always like don't worry it'll be okay mm-hmm. don't worry it'll be okay mm-hmm. and then like you get to the fucking peak mm-hmm. and then you have people saying you're fucking cocky this mm-hmm. and that fucking all this and that and then you have some people that are like we're so proud of you or whatever I'm like mm-hmm. motherfucker at the pit because at the other in the pit the other aspect and people's like you're never gonna do that you should give up on it. there's no future in it this mm-hmm. and that so my entire life it's always been especially family we're fam- family's like Oh, maybe you should give up on this. You got to a peak. We always believed in you. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's like you should talk to all your cousins. You should talk to all your friends in school. Like there's times where like my elementary teachers would bring me in front of the class to talk to the class about how much I have learned on guitar mm-hmm. and how good I got at it. Mm-hmm. So like people are like this holy grail <laughs> treasure child. Oh my god. Yeah. So they're like. We're proud of you. I'm like, you're the same motherfuckers that were telling me to quit six months ago, a yeah. year ago. I'm like, so, so when people tell me they're proud of me, that's why I'm like, you don't know what it took to become this. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you're proud of me because you told me to give up at that point. 
So there's only been one person ever in my life that told me they're proud of me that actually like made me like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. This guy basically p- pretty much raised me. He had mm-hmm. a plumbing company and I showed up to uh, his house with my new job trailer that I just built out. Yeah. This guy could have fucking, this guy's dumb in this aspect because he's like checking out my job trailer. He's like, and this guy's been in business 20 years, has like rental houses and shit like that. Right. He just didn't need a job trailer, so he never <laughs> bought one. He says like, you motherfucker. Like, you got a job trailer before me. I've been needing one of these for 10 years. He's like, I'm proud of you. I was like, and my heart stopped. I was like, I've never felt that where somebody was proud of me. I'm like, obviously this guy could have bought it. He's like, but he really did want a job trailer. I just pulled the trigger on it and did it. So, but outside of that, dude, yeah, I don't. Like I was it. gonna say I'm gonna ruin the moment you get your GT40 by telling you I'm proud of you. Yeah, no, dude, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like the people that I guess maybe that's it. Maybe it's only because every single time in my life, the people that told me they were proud of me were the people that were against me at the lowest. That were like maybe family or friends that had to be there at the top because yeah. I didn't understand you could have other people in your life. Yeah. So like when I get a GT for GT and you're there, I'm proud of you. I'm like, you know what? with me at the low moments yeah. that probably will feel good at that point yeah so but i've had a fucked up past so that's why i say that well it's and this is my reference to steps is you get you know you talk about people and where they're at and it's usually in relation to some sort of graph and elevation from one point to another yeah. and you know at the bottom Let's say, you know, you're in a room at the, but you're just on the ground floor. That's where most people reside. Yeah. Okay. And you call that a circle. And when you want to step out of that circle, there's a certain point where it's a little bit painful because, you know, people don't like to see you grow. People don't like to see you grow beyond them unless there are people that are going in the same direction as you or are at that next elevation, which I, in my mind, I visualize steps, yeah. you know, in, in reference to stairs. Um, but so when you get, when you make that move to you're you're making the step on that first new platform, it can be somewhat lonely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you're now in a space where it's unfamiliar. You don't have your same friend group. You're kind of on your own your own journey and your own path and you realize that all right i want something better than where i'm at now it's going to make it's going to mean that i have to do something different yeah and most people don't understand that and that's where it comes across as throwing shade well because you don't want more for your life doesn't mean that i can't go get more for me yeah um and you're not going to keep me down where you're at just so you don't feel lonely that's that's why i call crabs in the bucket yep so it's like you have a bucket and like it's a legit thing. You have a bucket and you throw fucking six crabs in it. Mm-hmm. As soon as one tries to crawl out, gets mm-hmm. its fucking claw up on the ridge mm-hmm. and starts to pull itself out, the mm-hmm. rest of the crabs in the bucket will reach up, grab it, and mm-hmm. pull it back down in the bucket so mm-hmm. it can't get out. So you can actually keep crabs in a bucket mm-hmm. and they will never get out because they hold these hold each other in it. Mm-hmm. You can't get out on that. There's so when you get to that next point so let's say you get out of the bucket you're on the next step and you find other people that are on that same step too mm-hmm. you start to get a little bit of reassurance and you're excited because it's like oh hey that's like i'm not completely alone there's other people and you that's where your friend group and your circle starts to change and you you start to gain new friends and you, you get you know kind of um 
just recharged a little bit. Yeah, sure. Where I'm noticing it's different is just because you're at that platform doesn't mean that everybody else wants to keep going. Yeah. And so what that looks like in life is you find people that are successful in business. You find people that are successful financially. They're secure. They're just, they're happy with where they're at in life. Generally, it refers to business and finances and things like that because you can do more with those things. Yeah. Um, but what if you want to keep going? Yeah. Let's say somebody makes half a million a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, three million in net worth assets. They make a half a million a year. They've now got to, and they're good there. Yeah. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Okay. What if you want more than that? The habits of those people in that point of success are not going to be your similar habits. And so you kind of get disillusioned to where like, I need to hang out with these people more because they're where I want to go. No, maybe they're where you want to be or where you wanted to be. But they're not running the same race. But they're not running the same race. And so then to get to that next step beyond where you're at, which is still higher than where you came from, means that you have to go through another cycle of loneliness and searching and discipline and structure and, you know, separation. And what's going to happen is you feel like these people understand me because I found them at a higher elevated state. Yeah. Much like, you know, Maybe the guy that was throwing shade on Facebook. Yeah. You think that people get it. Oh, yeah. Because we're in a similar, similar. Obviously, you know, it, it's, I'm not going to compare to people. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, well, maybe this person doesn't get it. Exactly. So you that's know, that's what it is. And you have yeah. to take that into account because, right. like, <clears throat> one thing that I like that successful people have said, Pretty openly since I started my whole journey doing this shit mm-hmm. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. as I say, you will never be criticized by someone doing more than you. Mm-hmm. They didn't say you'll never be criticized by somebody that has more than you. Mm-hmm. Those people criticize too. Mm-hmm. You will never be criticized by somebody doing more than you. Mm-hmm. That person that gets to half a million, has mm-hmm. a three million, half a million a year in income and three million in assets. Mm-hmm. Like they're in a legit spot, mm-hmm. but they ain't doing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Once you're at a plateau, it's pretty easy to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So it's like the people that are fucking also pushing, dude. I have friends. One of the friends that I said made 750 grand that one year, mm-hmm. make way more than that now. They just made a fucking, uh, they have a podcast and they like were talking about it. And they were like, dude, we thought we were going to go fucking under last year. Is it because we couldn't hire the right executive rules for our company and mm-hmm. shit like this, right? They're doing more like they have, they're making all this money, everything. They've already made it mm-hmm. several times over. Mm-hmm. And like, we thought we were going to go under because we couldn't hire the right executive roles, like find a real CEO to run it and shit. And so it's like, those guys are doing things. Mm-hmm. When I fucking like made my response to that fucking shade that was being thrown, mm-hmm. those guys were the first ones that reached out. Like, dude, we're so fucking proud. He's like, you're a fucking <laughs> champ. Keep going. It's like, this is just a fucking speed bump. I'm like, right. damn, like, holy shit. Right. Because you see these people that are doing actively, proactively doing mm-hmm. things throughout life. And when people are doing that, because if nothing's happening in your life, people assume success. Again, going back to like last, last podcast, like, People assume success to be a lack of storm. 
and mm. just peace. Yep. But what real success is, is having the peace within the storm to get to the destination you're going. If you're a fucking sailor back in the way back fucking days, and you like you have a boat and you get from point A to point B and there's no storm, and maybe it takes you fucking two years to mm-hmm. do it or some shit. Okay, might be successful. What about the guy that went from point A to point B in three months, sailed right through the fucking storm and made it there? Mm-hmm. That's success. Now he's going off to his next destination. He's already picked up his ship and he's going back to mm-hmm. things like that. Probably because he's been through that storm before. But also, if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't too, yeah. like because the other guy, when he reached that storm, he turned around and went back. It's mm-hmm. what it took two years. Mm-hmm. He'd go out again, hit the storm. Oh, we got to go back. Mm-hmm. Hit the storm. Oh, we got to go back. Oh, mm-hmm. it's clear now. Now we can go over here real nice and slow. Or maybe we're going to take the long route around it right. so but it's like the storm there's always a first time you're going to face a storm right mm-hmm. but once you're conditioned to a storm and you find the peace within the storm say fucking mm-hmm. hi-ho bessie we're going through this motherfucker mm-hmm. that's when you sail through it so yeah people equate success to the lack of a storm when i equate success to the peace that you can contain like contain in your heart while mm-hmm. you go through the storm mm-hmm. it's you you get you know when you when when you have a circle and surroundings and, and proximity of people that understand what you've been through and they're able like it's a different reward reward when they say good job because yeah. uh, and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. It's a guy, a friend of mine that um, they wanted to. I can consider him my friend, even though we haven't talked for very long, but he's in a network of, of people that I'm in and we've talked three, briefly in meetings and it's like, all right, we know that we need to connect with each other on a deeper level. Yeah. That's the thing. And so we finally connected, a called him the other day and he was kind of, he's getting into business. He's actually electrical oh, uh, yeah. uh, going for his um, master certification. Oh, so. Yeah. It's like, man, I'm I'm worried. You know, it's just I'm nervous about it. So I was kind of talking him through, just talking him through that as a friend. Oh, for sure. And um, I said, look, you know, people, because he was kind of congratulating me on on where he's seen me two years at last year, two years ago, and then where I'm at now. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, people in a parallel race can understand when somebody else can recognize somebody else's success because not because they're they're you know saying hey good for you but because that the one or two wins they see they recognize that it took you know seven or eight losses in order to get there which are not losses but struggles it's like hey the reason why why i'm telling you why i'm encouraging you right now is because i know what you had to get through and go through in order to receive the little things for sure that everybody else sees you know what i mean and why why is it that we that the successes point out i don't know maybe because we're busy dealing with the struggles when we're in them you know what i mean it's not like you know we don't we don't get excited about struggle yeah we do get excited about struggle in the moment as a as an individual because we know it's a building block for something bigger. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? And but people recognizing that and and so you know we get in this space of parallel run, um, you know, versus just it, it's 
when you're on your journey up these steps, for me, the first kind of step that I got in, I realized that not everybody's going to the next step. Oh, for sure. They might be comfortable where they're at. Yeah. Most people get a four-year degree, get a job, and call it a fucking life. Get married, that's it. Right. And so... I kind of had to realize that, all right, I need to look at people a little bit differently and qualify them a little bit differently. Yeah. Not in a judgmental way, but it's like, who can I confide in that's going to understand and not throw shade in my direction? Yeah. Um, and it's more so kind of running parallel, I feel like, to where you can recognize somebody else and say, all right, you're going further than where you're at now. Oh, yeah. I know that because of how you carry yourself, the way that you talk, the way that you, you know, visualize and vision things and just the mindset that you have. I know that you're going somewhere further. Yeah. We can keep running together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all I need from somebody to be in my life, be in pursuit of something. Mm-hmm. If you get there and you're no longer in pursuit, mm-hmm. good for you, man. Fucking mm-hmm. have fun. See ya. I'm right. going. No hard feelings, but right. be in pursuit of something. We'll fuck with each other. No matter what level, high, small, fucking, you might be starting. I want a ten-person electrical crew. Right, that's all you want in life. Right, hey man. If you go one employee per year until you get there, ten years, do fucking as long as you're in pursuit of something, dude. You just gotta be in pursuit of something. Right, it's you're not gonna know those things unless you put it out there. Oh, for sure. You know, you can't hide yourself or your ambitions in a box. No, fuck no. And that's the thing. Like, what I've really learned about because it's been so hard is like again going to like the the ups and downs of my life where like because i always when i start something i always suck but i throw myself at it with such a big dream that i pursue with so much effort and mm-hmm. people perceive me as a fucking idiot loser because i'm like i'm speaking i'm gonna be the best at this i'm gonna do this when i was playing guitar i'm gonna be a fucking rock star i'm gonna sell out stadiums like metallica mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying people say it's shit like that Next thing you know, you're playing a fucking guitar like Metallica, and they're like, fuck you, motherfucker, you cocky asshole. So I've let it personally attack me over the years, which is why maybe a big reason I had to disconnect from like the people telling me they're proud of me. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever you tell me, it don't fucking matter because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. But a big thing I've had to learn over these past few years is self-love mm-hmm. because my entire life, all I ever heard was, you're a cocky piece of shit, you're a fucking asshole. All you care about is what you're doing. All this and that. Mm-hmm. You're fucking annoying because you won't shut the fuck up about guitars. <laughs> you won't be fucking annoying because you won't shut up about construction. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're at lunch, you're like, just shut the fuck up because nobody wants to hear what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believed I was. Like, that's just, that's all I heard until I was 24 years old mm-hmm. from everybody, family, friends, fucking everything. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I ever heard. And then I get to these points where people are like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. You're the motherfucker who was just telling me that shit back then. <clears throat> and so it's taken a lot of self-love. And like, so like when people that aren't wanting to go to the other level, what I've had to learn is that it's like, oh, I just love myself to let myself dream enough. Mm-hmm. So when people see what I'm doing, the reason they get so pissed is because they know in their heart, they see me like, Luke's a fucking moron, dude. He got he graduated with a D minus average in high school, dude. He failed every algebra class he ever took. Had to retake two of them and fucking like just 
had to basically suck the teacher's dick almost to get past the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I literally had to fucking, like, struggle at the last day of the semester to get over classes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, people are like, this kid's a moron. Why is he chasing? It's like, I, I had to graduate with a four point. I went to college. I did all this and that. Who's this fucking idiot to believe in himself? Mm-hmm. And what that truly comes down to, what I've had to learn, because I've had to, being surrounded by people that were always so hurt, I've had to realize that it wasn't me that was the problem. It wasn't me that was the cockiness mm-hmm. coming from that of me asking, "Am I the idiot?" Mm-hmm. And this is just something I found over the past two found out over the past two years <clears throat> is that it's like, oh, I just love myself mm-hmm. enough to let myself dream and fail, and I mm-hmm. fail with dignity. I fail with my fucking chin up, and if I fuck something up, I'm gonna fix it. And I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna work through it, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. If I don't gain anything through it, so long as it gets cleaned up because it's on my hands, mm-hmm. that's what we will take, and that's what I will do. Mm-hmm. It's the way I am. And uh, so it's like when you get to that stuff where people, mm-hmm. like, especially to the moments where people are like, get to a point to where they stop, it's because they're not loving themselves enough mm-hmm. to let them go for more. They look like, I love you. It's like, but I don't want you to hurt anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's like, I love you so much, Luke, like looking in the mirror. I love you so much. That I want, I, I not only want, I need to see you get to your dreams. Like Luke, I need to see, and like there's me talking to myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I need to see you own fucking a dozen skyscrapers across America. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to see that because I love you so much. If you had a kid that had these dreams and ambitions, you would be pumping mm-hmm. this wisdom and this hope into them because you love them so much. Because mm-hmm. you love yourself for it. Most people don't love themselves deep down. Mm-hmm. So they sit there and it's like, talking to the mirror it's like well you know you're not really you failed all the math classes you think you're going to be able to build and develop a skyscraper like the engineers are going to think you're a moron because you can't even calculate fucking 12 plus 7 mm-hmm. without using your fingers you know and so it's like it all comes from a lack of internal love and then when they don't love themselves enough they take it out on other people mm-hmm. just coming from everybody that's been around me and uh, so it's like they take it out on them because they know deep down in themselves, they are more qualified. They are more capable to do anything I've done. I always say whatever I've done, pretty much anybody can fucking do. But I'm the only one who's willing to fucking ride through the grit and the defeat and the persecution of it. But I love myself so much that I know on the other side there is victory. Whereas other people, they don't love themselves enough to get what they truly know that they can do. Mm-hmm. And so they just choose to fucking settle on the fucking shit, the regret and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're jealous of me because I love and believe in myself that way. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I've had to really learn and perceive it from just an entire life of every single person who's ever been in my life, period, until two years ago. So, but it's just come from a lack of love internally. I think that's huge. Yeah. You know, it is, it is, you don't love yourself enough and you don't give yourself enough credit and you don't believe in yourself enough either. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, and that, and that would be parallel with, you know, being your own cheerleader too. Exactly. You know, you have to be your own cheerleader and understand that you might be the only one that does that at times. And that's the thing. That's why I was saying this when people tell me they're proud of me. Yeah. Because there will, if you are truly pushing to your fullest extent, yeah. you will at some point be your only cheerleader. Yeah. There will be a time where people are like, fuck is wrong with this moron. And if you are truly pushing to your utmost extent, because I truly, like, I believe in God and I have a laundry list of facts 
from my past that show otherwise if you believe otherwise mm-hmm. i'm trying to prove anything to anybody but i truly believe the purpose of god in this life and more importantly our purpose in this life with mm-hmm. god is to push ourselves to the extent the edge of the cliff so fucking far mm-hmm. that where you literally cannot physically possibly potentially do it yourself mm-hmm. because god's like good let me take over from here right and we'll take you up type shit you know that's why it's called like growing wings of faith like just faith you know so that was very common in my life when i got to the point of i had to do something that was actually uncomfortable yeah um and you know the when the you know when jesus walked on water peter was in the boat and he saw jesus out there on the water but he didn't quite believe it he's like lord if that's you let me come to you yeah. and jesus said we'll get out of the boat then okay <clears throat> all right well now you have a situation of there's security inside the boat I see something that I don't know if I believe, um, but I'm going to get out of the boat because what I don't believe is telling me to do it. And I want to believe it. And if it is true, then what seems impossible in my mind will actually be achievable. Exactly. And I have just enough faith to try it. Right. So you get out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat and now he's walking on water. Yeah. Well, the minute he looks, takes his eyes off of Jesus and looks what, at what's around him and sees that he's in a scary spot, he starts to sink. Exactly. The minute he puts his eyes back on Jesus, he's good. Mm-hmm. So I found myself, and whatever reason that popped into my mind, it was when I bought my first piece of equipment. Yeah. And um, it was a, it was my mini excavator. And I have that, and I have my tractor and a frame in my office. Because... I told me I told the sales guy, I says, Jeff, I'd never bought anything new in my life other than a sandwich. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, and now I'm buying a fifty uh, forty-eight thousand dollar excavator. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That's what I told him. <laughs> So, but the thing was, is I saw that I needed to do this, okay? I'd never done anything like that before, much less even considered, I mean, a house is different, you know what I mean? It's affordable. Well, this is like, all right, I'm going to make this purchase that has to work. Yeah. Well, and I realized is I can't just make one. I have to buy two things because what an excavator does is it digs a hole, but it doesn't really transport it. Yeah, transport or fill it back in. <laughs> right. So, and with the workload that was coming up, I'm like, I got to get something else. So now not only did I have to buy one, I bought my tractor right along with it. Now it's like, all right, now here's 85 grand worth of equipment. And, you know, it's, I didn't know whether I was going to cry, laugh, or puke. <laughs> yeah, That's kind of like, a little bit of bull, right? And that went on for days on end. Yeah. And I literally drove the stretch from Ginnup to the lookout uh at, at the end of hill road yeah three times yeah because i was like i'm gonna go do it <laughs> should i do it no uh, no nope, I'm, I'm gonna go back and, and brandon was there with me oh, it's yeah. like i finally pulled off i'm like what do i do you know? oh, yeah. <laughs> and 
And I, just, I was just like, uh, I got to do it. Yeah. You know, and just whatever I feel yeah. like inside right now, that cannot be the judge. Yeah. Whatever this is, I just have to pull the trigger and do it because the reward, the opportunity of reward is greater than the risk of complacency. For sure. And I think that's what life is all about. Dude, it is. But entirely. I, I found myself that image of Peter in the boat getting out. Like, that's right. I, I felt like I was Peter. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I have to get out of the boat. Yeah. If I get out of the boat. This is going to be uncomfortable and it is going to be something that seems impossible for me. Yeah. If this is what I'm supposed to do and God's going to bless my efforts, essentially is what it is. Yeah. God's going to bless my efforts because I feel like I'm being led in this direction and I have to get out of the boat and trust that everything will be okay. I believe it. Like I, the way I perceive it is like you're at the edge of a cliff and mm -hmm. you have a fucking Grand Canyon ravine mm -hmm. and what you want on the other side. Mm -hmm. You say, God, I want what's over there. Mm -hmm. Let's jump. How jump? Why jump? <laughs> Where jump? And it's like jump, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And it's like then the next thing you know, faith, the wings of an eagle, mm -hmm. soar, multiple Bible, uh, biblical scriptures. Mm -hmm. But one the great thing that you should look up, like it's fucking soon as you get home, dude. It's one of my favorite stories. I don't don't know if you know Pastor Rick Warren. The name, but I'm not familiar. He's a pastor out of California, I believe. Yeah. It's like super popular voice because mm. it's like gone viral on YouTube so many times, but mm. and he himself hasn't been known very well comparatively okay. to his voice. Okay. It's a story called, uh, just type in like Rick Warren. Uh, I forgot what he called it. Like, uh, keep your eye off the storm. Mm -hmm. So he is from California. He said he went to Alaska mm -hmm. to do some kind of sermon, ministry, whatever, for some Maybe it was a camp, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he said he was leaving. And he was going to go hop on. He was like in Sitka. So it's like one of the puddle planes and all that shit, like smaller planes. Mm -hmm. He was going to go hop on a plane to fly back. And he said the next, the pastor that was there came running up to him. And he's like, Rick, Rick. He's like, don't, don't, don't. He's like, no, no, no. I'll save you the money. He's like, we already had our tickets in our hand. He's like, I'll save you the time and the money. He's like, hop in my, my plane. I'm a pilot. I'll fly you to this airport. And you can mm -hmm. fly back to California. And Rick's like, uh, I don't know. He's like, and I felt something tell me to do it. So, so I said, screw it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I hop in with this. He's like, we hop in with this pilot, me and my uh, co-pastor or whatever. Mm -hmm. so we take off, we're flying, everything's good. And all of a sudden, things start to get cloudy. And the pilot looked at me and said, oh, we're in trouble. And Rick's like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't fly in clouds. It makes me pass out. And he's like, mind you, the entire day, the entire day it was cloudy. <laughs> and he's okay. like, he's flying. He's like, what? And he's like, you fucking, you, you, it's like, we had our plane tickets for the, why would you want to fly? It's like, oh, this, it's like, I felt like, God, why'd you tell me to get in this plane or whatever? And so the next thing you know, he's like, the pilot looks at him, he's like, oh boy, and passes out in his lap. Both these guys, these two pastors in this plane, Riding passenger have never flown before. So they get on the radio com and start radioing the and it's like this is a true story that happened to this guy like fucking 10, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Radio's the tower at the airports are going to. It's like, help, help. It's like, we don't know what to do. It's like, is anybody there? And this radio tower is like, hello. It's like, what's going on? He's like, 
hey, our pilot passed out. It's like, neither of us are licensed to fly. We don't know what's going on. It's like, okay. It's like, I need you to do one thing. Is like, you need to promise me this now or else I might as well hang up now. It's like, what? He's like, you need to promise me you will listen and abide by my voice and you will keep your eye off the storm no matter what. Mm-hmm. He's like, I promise. He's like, no. He's like, take a deep breath. And he's like, think it through and promise. He's like, do not fucking talk to me if you were not committing to this promise. And he's like, okay. It's like, I promise I will listen to your voice and keep your eye, my eye off the storm. And he's like, all right, take control of this wheel, flip this, do this and that. He's like, flying, he's like, flying. He's like, okay, it's like, oh shit, like we're hitting like turbulence, this thing shakes, like just keep it going forward, this and that. And it goes through this long whole story. And it gets to this point, it's like, all right, they come down. And it's like fog had gone all the way to the ground. So they couldn't even see the airstrip. <clears throat> it's like, now pull up a little bit. Now put it down a little bit. Pull up a little bit. And they land safely. And he said the second they landed safely and stopped, the guy in the radio tower broke down crying. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, he's like, they always die. He's like, because they don't keep their eye off the storm. He's like, thank you so much for listening to my voice and keeping your eye off the storm he's like i couldn't talk to you because i couldn't put you put myself through that same situation he's like they never make it because they always keep their eye on the storm this guy who's never flown a plane before landed the plane in the midst of all this fog which is like a task that's tedious for an experienced pilot Mm -hmm. and but he did it because he listened to the guy's voice and it's like it's a he got this whole story on youtube with it and it's like holy fuck hmm. it's all because you have to walk by faith and not by sight that's hmm. what it all comes down to so anything you come to a point in life where you have to fucking jump mm-hmm. understand like that like if you're at the edge of a cliff and what you want's on the other side mm-hmm. just like rick warren's like why did god tell me to go in this place because you choose what you want at the end and then he guides you through whatever it takes to get there because faith is the only requirement God will have for you to actually get to your true destination. And it's the only way you can do it. It's not easy, but it's possible. That's all you need God to make it. To keep in kind of with the same topic because that can go many different ways yeah. and apply to many different things. For sure. Anytime you re- like like generalize it. Yeah. Anytime you come to something you're risky yeah. and you feel you need to go through it, yeah. just because it's scary, just because it's not supposed to happen, just because it's fucked up, don't mean you didn't fuck. It doesn't mean you fucked up. Right. It means you're there for a test to power through it, right. to follow God without looking at everything. Because if everything's going wrong and you still go through it and make it, mm-hmm. it's because God put you there to lead you through it to test your faith with him in that scenario and in your own abilities to work with God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to get to the other side. Because a lot of people write off hardship as you fucked up, when a lot of times it's God just testing you for where he's bringing you. Right. Well, and we'll say to keep it in with the topic that we started off with, not everybody's going to understand that. No, 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 they won't. That's the hard part because you have to understand that God understands you, you understand Him, and everybody else as an on viewer, right? It's nothing more than a fucking onlooker, right? It's all they are. And honestly, like, unless somebody's going to encourage you in the right direction, their opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. And you know, it 
even with that statement. Some people listening to this aren't going to agree to that. Exactly. But I'm going to tell you that is the truth. Oh, yeah. From experience. From experience. Not from your thesis that you have like, produced and, in your mind. And I'll just be real. If you don't agree with that statement, this podcast isn't for you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it boils down yeah. to because you have no idea what we're talking about because you have are still on the ground floor. Exactly. I am not saying that me or you is better than anybody else. Yeah. What I'm well, saying no. is, is that there are different realizations in life when you put yourself in different in different situations and different scenarios. Yeah. And so there's the experience is not there in order to be able to relate to what we're talking about. Exactly. And just the understanding of the process mm -hmm. in itself that people don't. Because like I said, people, they look at hardship. It's like, oh, motherfucker fucked up, put himself in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. All right, stop fucking up, be better. Okay, well, what if you do everything right? What if you do everything exactly as you're supposed to? Every single moment that you're supposed to and you do it, but shit still goes sideways. Mm -hmm. Happens a lot in life. But what then you realize is that your purpose is higher than those of, that of those that mm -hmm. have not had to deal with anything. And especially because I believe in asking whatever you believe in faith and you will receive, mm -hmm. but you have to be prepared. God's not going to give you the key, your driver's license and keys to a car at 10 years old mm -hmm. when you're not ready for and so it's like when you're ready for it, that's when you get it. Mm -hmm. The company in my life motto is success is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. God loves me and you more than anybody could ever love us. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he wants us to move correctly, not efficiently, not the right way. He or efficiently, yes, but like he wants you to move correctly, not fast. Mm -hmm. So when you make these things that are perceived as wrong steps by others, it's conditioning you. It's preparing you for where you asked to go originally. Mm -hmm. And so then that way you endure these hardships because like I look at people like Grant Cardone who's got you know $2.4 billion assets under management. Mm -hmm. Dude's ridiculed and ripped apart in newspapers across the country. By people and, that are doing less than him. By the, people that aren't even, <laughs> people that are writing fucking newspaper article, you know? People that are reading the newspaper article, right? And so it's yeah. like, you look at that and it's like, oh shit. It's like, I didn't realize because I was asking God to make this billion dollar real estate portfolio for me mm -hmm. that I had to get fucking the shit kicked out of me mm -hmm. along the way to be prepared to handle that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Right now, the real estate markets across the U.S. are getting fucking hammered, especially commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. Miami's commercial real estate is like dead right now. Really? Like they said like 40% of active realtors in Miami are gone right now. Really? Over the past nine months. Yeah. So, and there's tons of things where people like these huge invest, like hundred billion dollar, like Blackstone even, is having to go bankrupt on hundreds of millions of dollars worth of commercial real estate because of the fucking times, right? So now it's time to buy. Exactly. And so it's like you have these huge fucking things that are clearly doing it right. Institutions, people like Warren Buffett put majorities of their money in these kind of things. They're still fucking up now. So fucking up is never uh not never fucking up and having problems is not always a derivative of your choices mm -hmm. it is just the storm around you preparing you for where you're going mm -hmm. that's, 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 there's when so like i i've noticed it more lately when something in business goes south 
most people will try to comment on what they think happened. Yes, exactly. And generally that comes out in throwing shade in people's direction that they don't know. Yeah. Um, over a scenario that they have not been involved in. Oh, yeah. And, and they it, couldn't even conceptualize right. it. Right. And in an industry that they have, it, that the, in, in a space that they're just not familiar with. For sure. And, you know, they generally think that, well, you know, somebody screwed something up or they really botched it or yeah. whatever. And I now have gotten to the point of just being experienced enough to know that I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but be right. I know that there's enough that I don't know. Yeah. And that there are many factors involved that could have put them in the situation that was nothing that was directly related to their fault. Oh, for sure. So unless I'm in the middle of it, or unless I hear, you know, the source from the horse's mouth, it's not really for me to care about (laughs) or put time into. What's it going to do for you to do anything? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So it comes down to like, as bad as this sounds, it's like the most valuable thing that the general public could ever offer this world if they're not in pursuit of something mm-hmm. shut your fucking mouth mm-hmm. like i don't mean that in like a way it's like hey you should shut your fucking mouth i'm not saying like you're useless and you should shut your mouth if you're not in pursuit of something and you have no idea if you just shut your mouth mm-hmm. it's the most valuable thing you have to offer this world as well as to gain for yourself mm-hmm. because now if you sit back and you watch and you watch it unravel you're like oh ah I see, and you learn something off of it. And so that day that I hope and pray to God that each and every single person that ever listens to this will take a moment in their life to pursue something of any form at all. And so it just comes down to like, shut your mouth and watch. Just see what happens. If it really is as bad as people fucking say, all right, watch it roll out. And if it doesn't, like, oh, these these people are full of fucking shit, things like that, you know? So, yeah, it's just... Well, if you've got time to talk about somebody else and their failures, then you don't have enough problems of your own. Exactly. <laughs> and you, have, you haven't had enough failures of your own to realize that people, if, if you've never had somebody talk bad about you, right. you have never done shit in your life. Right. Period. Right. And so it's like, if you have never done that, then you especially have no conceptualization of what to base a thesis off of right. what anything even is. Right. And so as somebody who has been in a forum, position of persecution my entire life mm-hmm. the best thing to realize is that like look at me still here mm-hmm. fucking dude like the, the day that motherfucker made that post like mm-hmm. nothing against him you know i get it i get it from his point of view and it sucks but guess what you work through it or you be a baby about it mm-hmm. is what it is but then the next day i walked in here i was like still working <laughs> still here still busy i didn't miss one single call didn't skip a beat not one single thing really changed it was right. just fucking oh okay i guess we keep working you know it's right. like all it is it's right. like whatever it is you just and it is one thing i always say there's a quote by seth barosi who's a bodybuilder okay it's like axe and sledge supplements okay but he says i do not have problems i just have work to do that's mm. all it is even if you fuck up dude there's been times where i fucked up and like I'm like, oh shit, in the latter like moment, I'm like, oh, I fucked that up. Yeah. Let's fix it. Right. All right. Okay. Just, just like that's what it is. It's life. I'm at the point in my life and in my business to where 
I will welcome. It's like I look at problems and struggle and whatever it is, and I look at them and, and know I'm willing to endure these for however long I have to. In order to get to where I'm supposed to go. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, it's like right now, you know, I've never been in the hole, which is it's not it's not a it's part of the cycle. No. Right. Just at the bottom part of the cycle right now. No. Doesn't concern me because it's all part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, like I set myself up in order to do this. Yeah. It's still uneasy because it's, you know, it, it's it's like, all right, well, I can't just like not do anything about it. Like we have to complete the cycle. Yeah. Um again, going out on top. Right. Going out on top. You know, so I'm fortunate to be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Truthfully, I feel like I'm extremely fortunate and I'm happy to be it and I do it welcomely. Yeah. I will live in this space for as long as I have to. Yeah. I will make, we'll get into this season, we'll make some profits. I'm not looking to get rich. I'm not looking to bounce back right away. It's like, all right, if I have to ride this out for another two years, yeah or however long, because I'm expecting it to be about a six-month turnaround. If I have to live here for another two years, fine. I'm going to choose to embrace and accept that now. Because the payoff at the end is worth whatever I have to do now. And you're building the foundation for the vertical that comes afterwards. And I don't expect anybody else to understand that. No, yeah. I don't. That same Seth Barosi guy, he has a motivational video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Just speaking. Just type in South Barossi, the jungle motivation okay. or okay. whatever. Dude, he talks about the jungle. He's like, listen, it's like everybody's on this side of the jungle. The Ferraris, the Lambos, everything cool. The mansion's on this side of the jungle. Mm-hmm. These people can't see it because there's a jungle in between. They get pissed at the people that are over there mm-hmm. and shit like that. See, I decided I wanted to go through this jungle mm-hmm. to get to here. It's like anybody, everybody, every single person has the opportunity to get this. Mm-hmm. You just have to go through the jungle. Mm-hmm. It's like I go into this jungle. It's like there's mosquitoes fucking biting me. It's pissing me off. And it's like then these fucking huge Amazonian-sized mosquitoes start sucking all my blood dry. And a fucking rattlesnake or whatever fucking clamps onto my leg and starts putting venom into me. It's like and I fall to the ground. He's like, and then you're sitting there and you're trying to crawl and you're getting all beaten and tattered and all that. And then he's like, then one day, it's like years later, you just realize. Fuck these things. I'm still going. They haven't killed me yet. It's like, so you just realize one day, fuck this. And you grab that rattlesnake by the head. You rip it off. You fucking rip its head off. It's like, next thing you know, the mosquitoes aren't even bothering you. It's like, the mosquitoes and the naysayers, the people, the annoyers on the other side. It's like, you don't even realize they're there anymore. It's like, but then you realize there's a tiger stalking it. Like, you realize that tiger's been there stalking you for a while. Like, that's the big problem that comes up and tries to take you under. It's like, next thing's like, you know, you've known it's been coming, it's been there, and whatever. He's like, but then you realize you can kill that motherfucker. He's like, can you kill that thing? It's like, when you put your tiger skin on as a fucking cape. He's like, I'm gonna wear that motherfucker proudly. He's like, then you walk into the fucking other side of the jungle and you realize, hey, that guy's wearing a gorilla cape. That guy's wearing a fucking lion mane. This guy's wearing an alligator pelt and shit. He's like, it's like, we're on this side because we fucking wear our trophies proud of this mm-hmm. shit we went through. And I'm like, dude, that is such a perfect representation mm-hmm. of what it's like going for any kind of success mm-hmm. in life. And then 
you get people on the other side of the jungle that say things like it must be nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> must be nice as you just fucking had your hamstrings ripped out by a fucking alligator, you know. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, the whole space. And, you know, it, you can't spend too much time thinking about it. It will happen and you do have a qualifying you know, a, a small time that you have to qualify things for the first time, but yeah, you know, it's not gonna, it's not first, and it won't be the last. No, fuck no, because you just gotta focus on a few things. You gotta focus that you have a good heart. Mm-hmm. There's no ill intent to anybody. Mm-hmm. No intent to fucking like harm or deceive or like mislead anybody. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. Then you have to fucking make sure that you love yourself. That you need to push through this to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you have to just like fucking be communicative and work through things no matter what it takes. And just like you said, fucking show up even when you're not at 100%. You know, mm-hmm. show up with your eyes bleeding and mm-hmm. still work through it regardless. Mm-hmm. And you will get through it. So long as you weather the storm, it too shall pass. Yeah. Luke, how can people find you? Um, OnlyFans. No, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram at Luke C. Marcotte. Uh, podcast uh, on them big jobs. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad it. you said that because I was going to point out that you got you've got your own podcast as well. Oh yeah, on them big jobs, which is it's like a, an epic picture. Also, <laughs> I can't just, smoking a cigar. Uh-huh. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to get more serious about it too. But when I get my office space over there, then yeah, I can set up a studio and mm-hmm. let her rip tater chip. It's the first it. I mean, you you know, um, with having it, like, it's a dedication. Fuck yeah. Especially because there's no reward off of it for the first few years. Yeah. The thing that's the reward for me is that, like, every time I stop for a couple weeks, because, like, every six months I'll take, like, a break of a month. Mm-hmm. When I start having people message me and they're like, hey. Hey, man, where'd you go? Yeah, where'd you go? Can you put on more episodes? I'm like, yeah. Sucker in me. Let <laughs> me get back on this motherfucker. Well, the the... The payback is the value. Exactly. And it's just you're being, providing value. When you know you're giving to other people, yeah. that's that's what it's all about. It's just being the person for others that we needed when we didn't have them. Exactly right. You be that and you fucking want life. It's exactly. You take me out tomorrow, man. As long as there's been one person that got one piece of value that I didn't get from someone else. Right. Or maybe even I got from someone else that they couldn't get from anybody else. Right. I won, motherfucker. Right. I win. Going out on top, bitch. Going out on top. (laughs) Luke, thanks again. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure, man. Same to you. See ya.